to the Prophecy Club. As I said yesterday, I'm going to be talking about who the two witnesses are. Some folks think that the two witnesses is the church and the Jews. And yesterday we already proved that not to be accurate. I also, in my book, which I'm going to be kind of reading and talking from today, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, I go through and explain to you why Enoch and Elijah are not the two witnesses. And all of this is talked about in my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. I'm going to be reading from chapter 8 today. Here are the reasons why Moses and John the Revelator will be the two witnesses. What a blessing it has been to be able to memorize the book of Revelation, reading out loud one evening, repeating one of the verses, memorizing it. I suddenly saw something I had never seen before. And that's the way it was this book. I mean, even though I've been teaching prophecy 40 years, I didn't know anything that was in this book. All of this book came by revelation. I'm not going to say it's on the level of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But I will say (laughs) it's not on the level of Stan Johnson either. Because as I would sit down and write, information just came to me. I saw things. It was like, you know, the average man is a one-holer. In other words, you can get information in, one piece of information in at a time, or one piece of information out at a time. (laughs) I mean, whereas women can do several things at once. Nope. Average man, we're a one-holer. One piece of information in, one piece of information out, and you can't have it going both ways at the same time, again, like a woman can do. Well, when I sat down to write this book, I was no longer a one-holer. I mean, it's like I could see and I could understand things. I can remember things. I don't have a good way to explain it, but I've never had that before. This one was a special book. I'd never had this happen to me before. Okay, so first of all, John, reason number one. Revelation 1-9 says, I, John, who am also your brother and companion in tribulation. As I was writing this book, I thought John was just saying he's going to be with us in tribulation, you know, the last seven years. I was questioning, is he really saying he's going to be in the tribulation to come? But I just dismissed the thought because that was contrary to what I believed at the time, because I believed that Elijah and Enoch had to be the two witnesses. So I just moved on. Reason number two, John eats the sweet book and prophesies. So when I reached Revelation 10.8, a second reason arrived. Taking a more serious look to see if I'd under, misunderstood about Elijah and Enoch being the two witnesses, I discovered something new in the scriptures. In these verses, John eats the little book, which was sweet as honey in his mouth and made his belly bitter. Now, there are only two places in the Bible in which a book or roll is eaten and is sweet as honey in the taste, and that is Revelation 10.8, which I will now read, And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth, sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. The book gave him the words to prophesy. Well, why would it give him the words to prophesy if he's not going to be in the tribulation? Then you jump to Ezekiel 2, 9, 3, and 4, and it talks about a book was written, And within and without, there was written lamentations and mourning and woe. And it went on to say, Son of man, eat this roll and go and speak to the house of Israel. It was in my mouth honey for sweetness. And he said to me, Son 
of man go and get thee into the house of Israel and speak these words unto them. This is the second case to where a prophet ate a roll that was sweet in their mouth, and then they went to prophesy. So in that, the angel said, eat this roll, and just like in Ezekiel says, and then you go prophesy the words. In other words, the roll spiritually gave them the words to prophesy. So God had Ezekiel eat the sweet roll and was immediately told to speak the words of lamentations, mourning, and woe to Israel. Likewise, immediately after John eats the sweet roll or book, John also is told he will prophesy before many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. So the sweet roll of, quote, lamentations, mourning, and woe, the two witnesses, mourning and woe, he then speaks those words of God upon the earth. So John eats the book, which gives him the words to say, meaning that's the second reason why John will be one of the two witnesses. Where Enoch and Elijah, were they ever found eating a sweet book of curses and then preaching? Nowhere. So John was told by one of the most powerful angels in the Bible that he is to go speak to many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. According to the book of Fox's Book of Martyrs, John was boiled in oil and banned to the island of Patmos. He never traveled the globe, never prophesied to many people, nations, tongues, and kings. The words, many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings, that was spoken to John the Revelator was unfulfilled and it has to be fulfilled, and it's going to be fulfilled, in my opinion, in the tribulation. Reason number four. Only two verses later, the angel reveals the two witnesses. The text never changes topics from telling John who he is going to prophesy to many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Two, quote, And I will give thee power unto my two witnesses. Where there is a chapter break, there is only two verses separating John then from eating the sweet roll lamentations, mourning and woe, until power is given to the two witnesses. In other words, although there's a chapter break, there's not a thought break. He's still continuing to talk about one of the two witnesses. Furthermore, neither of the two verses change the topic or subject. By radio, I realize this is a little bit hard to follow, but in the book, you can see the verses right there, and you can see, yes. And it says, and I will give power to my two witnesses, is speaking of John the Revelator and Moses. Get the book. That's what he told me in the last vision. Some things cannot be learned by just audio and video. Some things have to be read. In other words, you got to see it with your own two eyes and read it and kind of let it sink in and let you think about it, which is why when I was signing books one time, this redheaded lady stepped up and she says, I just want to tell you that I'm an avid reader. I read two or three books a week, and I got your skinny little book in the mail, and I thought I'll blow through that in three hours. She said that was two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, she did come back to me several months later and say, by the way, I did read the book, and it's really a good book, but it's a deep book. Now, that's the phrase I hear from everybody. In other words, it's deep. They think that it's going to be a little book of entertainment. It's not. It's more like a reference book. It's a book that you, if you're going to be teaching prophecy, you want to have this book with you, probably in your zipper Bible if you have a zipper cover, because you're going to refer to the charts and refer back to the book constantly because it is a deep, in-depth revealing, helping you to understand not just Revelation, but all of prophecy.
but especially Revelation, which is, by the way, I guess I probably should throw in a, a little invite here. I'm having Stan School of the Watchmen, June 11 13. Stan School of the Watchmen, June 11 13. And you sign up by going to prophecyclub.com. So what are we going to do? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is anoint you with my revelation oil. Now, there's no power in the oil, but as Andre Bronkhorst confirmed, I was given the spirit of revelation when I memorized the book of Revelation. And so far, everybody that I have anointed says they received the spirit of revelation. One guy said he'd never felt the anointing. He heard a lot of people talking about it. He never felt the anointing until he got anointed for to receive the spirit of revelation. And it is to open our eyes to be able to see, know, and understand the scriptures, especially the prophecies. So that's the first thing I do. Anoint everybody, and you don't have to, but believe me, you really want to. I'm going to anoint you with a revelation oil and pray that you receive the spirit of revelation. Then we're going to start teaching through, similar to what I'm doing right here, all through the book of Revelation. I'm asking you to write out in a spiraling notebook the entire book of Revelation. You want to write it very, very neatly so you can read it easily. And then we're going to go through. You're going to probably, as you go through, highlight things. I'll show you how to do that. You'll be making notes. This is going to be the book that you teach prophecy from. I, I know. I mean, it's one of the most important things I have in my possessions on earth. If my house were to burn, this would be at the top of the list of the things that I would want to make certain I got out. Bring that, and I'm going to teach through the book of Revelation. And it's, it's not going to be like a speech where you can't raise your hand. and talk. And Instead, it's going to be more like a Bible study where at any point you have a question Hey, I'm not getting that. Can you explain that again? I will go through it again because I want you to come out being able to be a prophecy teacher. As I've told you, I've been called to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. This is going to be a major step toward it, and I've had it confirmed many times I'm supposed to do this. So I want to lay hands on you, anoint you with revelation oil that you will receive this spirit of revelation, and I believe that you will. The scriptures jump from, you're going to prophesy again before me, many people's nations, tongues, and kings, two verses later, and then it goes right into, I'll give power to my two witnesses. So it's talking about John's going to be one of the two witnesses, then it continues two verses later to saying, I will give power to my two witnesses. Reason number five, the thought came to me, who would most Christians respect to teach them revelation more than John the Revelator, the one who wrote the book. Who would most people readily believe? The answer has to be John the Revelator. In other words, try to picture yourselves in the last days. Who would most people believe, and even though I'm teaching the book of Revelation, would you rather hear it from me or John the Revelator? <laughs> of course, John the Revelator. So that's one of my other reasons why I say John has to be one of the two witnesses. Reason number six, John and Moses are linked through time by the secret door of prophecy. They both have prophecies for the last days. Moses had the song of Moses, we'll get to him in a minute, and John had the book of Revelation. Leslie was told November 23rd of 2007 that if I studied the feast that God would show me the secret door to understand Bible prophecy. This prophecy was fulfilled, confirming the word 
is from God on March 23, 2018, when I was shown the vision of two books linked by a secret door. Those two books were Moses, as in the book of Torah, and John's book of Revelation. Here was the vision. I saw two books side by side, and in an instant I was made to know the one on the left was the Torah, as in the five books of Moses, and the one on the right was Revelation, written by John the Revelator. Then I saw what appeared to be kind of like a yellow stick of butter, except for it wasn't square and it wasn't butter. It was a yellow time tunnel that linked the two. Instantly, I knew that this was linking the word of first fruits of Leviticus 23.12 to Revelation 14.4. And Revelation was linked back to the book of Moses. And I count that as the sixth reason for choosing John the Revelator to be one of the two witnesses. Even though they were written thousands of years apart, they were still linked spiritually. Moses was linked to John. Or the book of Moses, or the Torah, was linked to Revelation. Were Enoch and Elijah linked together? No. Was Enoch prophesying anything about the last days, or Elijah? No. Not where they were linked. So these two guys are linked to the last days. There is a secret spiritual door between the Torah and Revelation, between Moses and John. They are the two witnesses. Now, that's six reasons. Revelation 15.2 speaks of a time near the end of the seven years. Sometimes these revelations come in the form of questions, as this one did. Why are these people standing on the sea of glass? As I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that gotten victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God, and they sing, here it is, here it is, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. Why would those have gotten the victory over the beast? That's obviously saying they're in the tribulation. But why would those people in the tribulation sing the song of Moses? These tribulation saints had just battled the beast with Moses for the last three and a half years. They had just witnessed Moses and John fighting almost daily with evil in the streets of Jerusalem. Their victory was losing their life for Christ and not giving in to the beast, his lies, his mouth speaking great things. They became overcomers and, quote, kept my works unto the end. See, John the Revelator became an overcomer, witnessing to those who dwell on the earth a living testimony of how to become an overcomer by resisting the devil in the streets of Jerusalem near the last half of the tribulation, Moses is also one of the two witnesses they know, and they see Moses battling the beast, which is why they play their harps and sing the song of Moses. Moses is there battling the beast. They have just spent three and a half years battling him, and this is their time of rejoicing over the beast because they have the victory. The greatest of victories, the victory over the beast. This is why they sing the song of Moses. That's reason number one for Moses. Reason number two, in Egypt, Moses turned water to blood. Moses will repeat his giftings in the modern times. But did Enoch and Elijah ever turn water to blood? No. Many of the curses that the two witnesses send upon the earth are the same curses Moses sent upon Pharaoh in Egypt. Moses is simply repeating 
the giftings, or should say the curses of God from the days before Pharaoh in Egypt. He sends the same curses into the tribulation. We know that the Bible says the gifts are and the callings of God are without repentance, meaning God doesn't pull back a gift once it is given. He always lets a person keep it. Moses is now repeating before the beast the curses from before Pharaoh. Revelation eleven six says, These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. That's my second reason why Moses is going to be one of the two witnesses. Here's reason number three. Moses is given the Song of Moses, which plays in the last days. The Song of Moses is a prophecy which was given to Moses on his 120th birthday, spoken over Israel, mostly to be fulfilled in the last days, and that was the day he died. So Moses, servant of God, died there in the land of Moab, but no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day, in that no one knew where he was buried. Perhaps he wasn't actually buried. Perhaps he just died and collapsed, and an angel gathered his body and took him on to heaven then, perhaps to bring him back for the seven-year tribulation. God is connecting him to the last days before his death. That's reason number three. Now let's go to reason number four. The grave of Moses was never known, and Michael and the devil fought over his body. Jude nine said, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. Which is kind of hinting that Michael collected the body of Moses upon his death. Again, why? Probably to take him to the tribulation some 2,000 years later. My fifth reason is an unfulfilled prophecy was made to Moses. Massive amounts of oil will be found in Israel in the last days. Okay, so here is the part of the Song of Moses that speaks of the coming massive oil discovery in Israel. Deuteronomy 32, 13 to 15. He made him to ride upon the high places of the earth. That means the very best blessings that God gives. Ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields. We believe that means oil fields. And he made him to suck honey. And we believe that honey is the yellow-colored crude oil. I'll come back and talk about that in a second. Honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. You see, flint rock is the best rock to get oil out, crude oil out of. But Jeshurun, which is Israel, but Jeshurun waxed fat. Now, we believe that the fat is not like fat on an animal. It's referring to crude oil, as in the fat is crude oil. And kicked and thou art waxen fat, as in crude oil. Thou art also grown thick, as in wealthy. That doesn't mean you've, you've had fat around your waist. When it says thou art grown thick, it's talking about wealth. Thou art covered with fatness, as in crude oil. Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Obviously, rock of salvation is referring to Jesus, which is a time that Jesus is revealed. So it's saying that, and this is Moses prophesying. Moses is prophesying. Basically, it says in the last days, Israel will be lifted up to be the wealthiest, strongest, best place on earth to live. And Moses prophesied it. And I think he prophesied it because he's going to be there. See, there are 12 specific points in the prophecy in Deuteronomy 33, 12 to 29, 
given by Moses to Israel that is speaking of blessings coming to Israel from crude oil in the last days. This is the first prophecy given to Moses as he was standing at the burning bush, and it says, Exodus 3.8, And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them out of the land into a good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Exodus 3.17 jumps to say, And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt into a land flowing with milk and honey. And there's other references to the same thing. Meaning, Moses was told, I'm going to send you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, the problem is, has Israel received the milk and honey? My opinion, no. Now, I'm going to jump off of uh, track here just a little bit. Andy Sorrell drilled a number of wells in Israel. This was several years ago. One of the wells he drilled was, well, I won't mention where, because I want to go drill there. <laughs> anyway, it was the very deepest oil well ever drilled in Israel, so 20,232 feet. And he found a light showing of yellow crude oil. See, there's actually five different colors of crude oil. I'm not going to go into that today. But the highest quality crude oil on the earth, surprisingly, is not black. It's not green. It's not red. It is yellow. And when you put it into a bottle, and I've got a bottle sitting here within arm's reach of me on my desk right now. I keep there on my desk. And it is yellow crude oil. And when you put it next to a, a jar of honey, you can't tell the difference. You can't tell the difference. As you look at this, it looks just like honey. But it is the highest quality crude oil that has the highest viscosity. Now, honey has a very low viscosity. In other words, you turn that bottle of honey over and it barely begins to move. Whereas yellow crude oil is probably up in the, in the viscosity area of like alcohol. I mean, it's a higher viscosity even than water because it has more energy in it. Now, that we believe is referring to honey when he says milk and honey. Okay, but what's the milk? Well, going back to Andy Sorrell, drilled another set of oil uh, wells. He was looking for natural gas. He said he found a, night, a, a light showing of natural gas, and it came out of sand that he said was white as table salt. Well, I believe that the table salt is referring to the milk, and the honey is referring to yellow crude oil. So when God says, I'm going to send you in the land that flows with milk and honey, he is saying, I'm going to send you in the land that flows with natural gas and oil. I'll say it again. So when God said, get you up, I'm sending you into a land that flows with milk and honey. He was saying, I'm sending you into a land that flows with natural gas and oil, or the way we say it today, oil and natural gas. Now, here's my point. Did Moses ever see the discovery of massive amounts of natural gas and oil? No. Yet, Moses prophesied that that he was sending him into a land that flows with milk and honey. But he never got to see the milk and honey. But I believe that someone you're listening to right now is probably going to be the person that goes over and finds that massive amounts of oil in Israel. And I have a video up. Matter of fact, I have a video on WatchProphecyClub.com. You can go, I think three videos. You can go and watch that. 20 bucks a month, $200 a year. You can go watch them. I also have a video that I made that is on YouTube. I did it a couple of years ago. You have to search for it. And I'm talking a lot about this, 
about this. And I also have a PowerPoint that I have never made into a video because it reveals all of the secrets, where to drill, how deep to drill, all of the scriptures about why I want to drill there. See, I believe that I have found the Bible scripture that tells me where the oil is located and another set of about three to five verses that tells me how deep to drill. But I haven't revealed that yet. But I believe, let's put it this way. I told you that when I was on this 18 city speaking tour back uh, July the 14th of, let's see, 2008, after I spoke in Amarillo, I told you that I prayed and I said, Lord, hope you're pleased what we're doing here because we're spending $3,500 per city in advertising and not many people showing up, not many people getting saved. And I told you that I heard a voice that night, and it said, Stan, I will give you the money to drill the well in Israel. Now, I'm told by my attorney, every time I say that, I also have to give a disclaimer, and that is, we cannot guarantee that we're ever going to get the money drilled for or hit oil in Israel. I believe that that money one day will arrive, and that we will go over and drill these wells in Israel. This is a major, major, major reason why Moses is going to be one of the two witnesses. He's the guy that was told, I'm going to send you in a land that flows with milk and honey, or the way we say it, I'm going to send you in a land that flows with natural gas and oil. 30 verses in the Bible says it will be in the last days. Massive amounts of oil will be discovered in Israel. Reason number six, the feasts and the Torah were both written by Moses, and they are part of the secret door of prophecy. The feast given to Moses part of the secret door of prophecy called the Song of Moses was given to Moses because Moses will be there in the last three and a half years seeing it fulfilled. So what other good reason would there be explaining why the Song of Moses will be mentioned in Revelation, a book about the last seven years? Moses lived about 3,500 years ago. The Song of Moses is written in Revelation because Moses will be there. He will be one of the two witnesses. The secret door is a time tunnel linking the feasts of Moses to the prophecies given by John the Revelator, linking the Torah to Revelation, linking the feasts to Revelation to show the world the timing and order of prophecies in the last seven months. In that Revelation was linked to the book of Moses, I count that as the sixth reason why Moses will be one of the two witnesses. Moses, reason number seven. Who would the Israelites listen to to tell them about the last days more than Moses? And the answer is only Moses. So I believe the two witnesses are Moses and John the Revelator. Here's a summary or six reasons for John. John says, I, John, who am also your brother and companion in your tribulation, he ate the sweet book of lamentations, mourning, and woe, preparing to prophesy the last three and a half years. Unfulfilled prophecy says, Thou must prophesy again to many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Thou must prophesy again to only two verses from, I will give power unto my two witnesses. John, the book of Revelation, is the New Testament part of the secret door. Who would the Christians listen to more than John the Revelator? So, summary of the seven reasons for Moses. The tribulation saints sing the song of Moses, too. In Egypt, Moses turned water to blood. Moses is repeating the giftings in Egypt in the modern times. Three, Moses was given the prophecy, 
the Song of Moses, which plays in the last days. Four, the grave of Moses was never found, and Michael and the devil fought over his body. Five, Moses was promised to go into the land that flows with milk and honey. Six, the feasts in the Torah written by Moses are the Old Testament half of the secret door prophecy. Seven, who would the Israelites listen to to tell them about the last days the most? Moses. So what do Enoch and Elijah have to do with the last days? Nothing. Neither have any links to the last days, no prophecies, no songs, no sweet rolls, nothing. Moses was given the song of Moses, John, the book of Revelation, about the last days. Enoch and Elijah have nothing to do with the last days. Get and read The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Write out the book of Revelation in a spiral ring notebook and bring it to Stan's School of the Watchman. I'll lay hands on you and anoint you to receive the spirit of revelation. Then I will teach through the book of Revelation to make you an anointed teacher of Bible prophecy. June 11 to 13, registration is limited to 100 people at prophecyclub.com. This is the best deal we've ever offered at the Prophecy Club. You get 10 How Pre-Trib 1, 10 Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, 10 Miss the Mark, 5 God's Warning to America, 5 Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, 40 books, gift of $100 at prophecyclub.com. You can have instant access to over 200 titles on a recurring monthly subscription of $20 or yearly for $200 at watchprophecyclub.com. Terry Sock of Cornerstone Asset Metals is a prophecy student, reads his King James Bible, and wants to help Prophecy Club win souls even if it means he loses money. So, the next time you need gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins, contact cornerstoneassetmetals.com. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401k, so just tell cornerstoneassetmetals.com Prophecy Club sent you.